to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Now, very quickly, last week, we began looking at visionary experiences and we looked at dreams mainly I think we're we're touching on dreams we looked at how some can be demonic and I gave you an idea of how to tell Satan always has always wants to steal to kill or to destroy or you want to mess up things that are good he can try to mess up your worldview mess up your belief system that's just how he works and we talked about how your flesh can also feed into your dreams and we gave an example of how if you are hungry there's a very high chance your dream that you're eating and from what i received yesterday that liberated a lot of people because there's some people who at least once a week Praise <laughs> God. Others, it's a buffet. So um, I, I think that liberated quite a lot of people. You know, I'll tell you why sometimes I preach like that. It's something I've told you before. But I'll, I'll just show you a scripture that really changed my approach towards preaching. I'll show you a scripture that it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23. It changed my approach towards preaching and also towards ministry. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. And it says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And then he begins to talk about the communion. He says that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed, he broke bread. So he focuses on communion. But what changed my life is that sentence, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. In some of my early years in ministry, I would kind of adjust based on 
the needs of a person or the requests of a person. I'll give you an example. You'd find, if you're not careful, you can end up praying for things that you don't have a revelation about. So, let me give you an example. I would have situations where someone comes to me and says, Pastor, I really need you to pray for me. I'm like, sure, what's the situation? Uh, Pastor, I have two marine spirits. Now, as time went by, I realized in all, in all humility that I had no idea what a marine spirit was. And I was now going to just be doing whatever I was doing based on another person's revelation instead of delivering what God had delivered to me. And I also realized I would labor a lot. I'll give you another one I would labor with. Uh, I'll tell you this. And if you've heard my sermons of deliverance, I've got a very interesting insight. I strongly believe in the ministry of deliverance. Strongly. It sets people free. God wants his people free. And I strongly believe the message of deliverance is that of freedom and liberation, not that of bondage. So I would have several situations where someone comes to me and says, Pastor, you really need to pray for me. I've got a generational curse. I said, okay. Now, when I would pray, I wouldn't really know whether the prayer has finished. At least I'm honest. I wouldn't really, I, okay, so is it still, has it broken? And then I realized something. 95%, and I, I, I mean it, 95% of the people who had come to me with that prayer request, usually I was not the first one they came to. And then I was also never the last. I was part of the statistics. <laughs> you know what it made me realize as I took time and studied? Have we all had things we've had to deal with? We've all had things we've had to confront and deal with. I studied and realized, one, you can't fight what you're under. Number two, the Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if there's a challenge with your belief system, because faith exists within a context of a belief system, then there will also be a limitation in what you can fight and what will forever be a statistic in your life. That's why you can have the same people who for seven years have been manifesting the same demon, we even know that, oh, that one, when it starts, it's like this, and then the spirit will say this, and then this one will say this, and then this one will say that. And it's something that began to bother me. Oh my goodness, I feel like I'm in a ministry class. These are things I don't usually say here. But that began to bother me. You know what would happen? Would have situations where I remember I would, there's somebody I know who would manifest demons every meeting. And so one day I asked them, and they said, ah, you know, some of us are from the royal family, so you know these things, they keep following us. And I asked myself a question Is there no good news? Is there no good news? Is there no gospel if a person is from an African royal family? Is there no good news that can liberate them, that can deliver them? That's why I preach to you in this way. 
banter. If every time you eat from the dream was Satan, my goodness, I don't know where I would be today. Because the things I've eaten, Jesus Christ. Cake. Deep one. Rice. <laughs> Hallelujah. God doesn't want for... God is not coming for a church that's so afraid that Satan just has to do this and that's it. Your life has changed. Now, if you have an experience where Satan is genuinely trying to attack you and he's using a dream, can I tell you how to handle it? Should I tell you? Okay. Now, based on the context, by the way, if you need someone to pray with you, it's always okay. There's nothing wrong. One can take a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. For me, there are a few things I do. Number one, unless God speaks to me, I'm not going to go into any fast, I'm not going to go into any of those things. Least Satan thinks that for the rest of my life he can be the one giving me prayer points. He can put you on a fast every week if you're not careful. I've met people who you ask them, they're like, I'm fasting for some time. Why? Ah, the devil is waking right now. If you knew how much the devil is working, the mindset is already messed up. No, right now, the devil is after young men, so... The mindset is already messed up because prayer ideally is a response to God. God can tell you to fast because of certain things you have to deal with demonically. He can. But don't let Satan dictate your prayer life. Sometimes that's the day you should do the most worship. That Lord, you are, you are good. You are merciful. I'll tell you another thing I do. I never let anything Satan suggests in a dream or in any other way edit what the scriptures have said about me. Because before I slept, the scriptures were saying this. After I woke up, the scriptures are still saying that. I never let them edit what the scriptures have said about me. As a matter of fact, if you are to do warfare by the Jesus model, you'll probably use less of bombastic words and you'll use more of it is written, it is written, it is written. That's how Jesus resisted Satan. Then at the end, I can only imagine the violence when he says, away from me, Satan, for it is written. Never let anything Satan says become final in your life. Never let that happen. Never let that happen. Never let that happen. If I used to follow everything people told me, do you know how many years ago, as in, listen, if I was to tell you how many times a week or every two weeks I receive funny messages, you would be amazed. Let's not go there. If I was to tell you of every... Huh? You have to grow thick skin if you're a public figure. Because everyone wants to prophesy in your life. 
you have to be a bit thick-skinned. Okay. Now, their dreams that and follow me and follow me well. This is something I've not been able to fully teach in most places. So today, I'll distinguish it a bit. Let me have three people. Okay. Who's the third? You be the third? Hallelujah. Okay. So based on the role of the what I'm trying to do, the fourth one will have to be female as well. So fourth person, come please. Okay. It seems it's athletics. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence. Apparently people say violence. And the violent take it by force. They don't even know what if I'm taking them to remove money. <laughs> you remove it. Eh? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, so um Jango stand behind them. Which position is better for the cameras? Should they come here? Come here. Oh, you guys won't be able to see. Advise me, please. Even there is okay? Okay. So, Django stand behind them. So, in the context of this example, this is the body. This is the soul. And then this is the spirit. <laughs> right? And then, behind here is the Holy Spirit. Okay. So now, here is how it works. If you feed your body the wrong stuff, your body will be, or maybe you're not, let's say you don't feed your body at all. You don't take care of your body. The expression of the spirit and the soul will be limited because the body wouldn't be in the right position. And that's why the ministry of healing is very necessary. That's why Jesus wants to heal our bodies. That's why Jesus healed our bodies. Because you need your body to be in good condition. Now, the soul, when not trained, can work together with the body and function in the office of the flesh. And before you know it, you're not doing what you want to do. Now, if you can grab a hold of your soul as well, it's two against one, it becomes pretty easy to drag the body as well. Right? That's why with your soul you're told to renew your mind. And then you are told to have the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Then for the flesh you are to dominate it. And I believe even your flesh you can train it. 
Can I tell you why I say so? Because David in the Old Testament said, my flesh longs for you. Even his body had reached a place. Have you ever just, who's ever experienced that where maybe on a certain day you've not prayed the way you usually want to pray? You just feel off. Someone asks, why are you off? I haven't prayed yet. And you just start looking for an opportunity just to have that session. Who's ever had that moment? You just feel off. You can't even eat. Praise God. If not, may it arrest you. (laughs) Now, your spirit man, when you get saved, because your spirit man is a real you. So the spirit man really is the first to experience the newness. This one becomes new. That is why Who's ever noticed, before you are saved, you find there was something you could do very comfortably. After you are saved and you try to do it, you feel off. This, two weeks ago, you could do the same thing. Suddenly, it feels off. Why? Because there's somebody there who's uncomfortable. Now, this one, the spirit man, can be educated. Oh Lord. You're born again, and then the aim is for you to reach the fullness of the stature of Christ. And as time goes by, you can find yourself getting suggestions which are directly from your spirit man. Like, your spirit man can be trained and educated. Let me give you an example. Have you ever seen the scriptures? People are talking to Jesus, and the Bible says he perceived that they were lying, or they were just trying to test him. How do you think that happened? Imagine you educate your spirit in such a way that you can't be crooked. You don't even need to hear a voice. You can just tell no. Now, the Holy Spirit has an influence on everything, actually. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. But the most clear-cut connection is with your spirit. So there are times where you can receive a communication from God that's, for lack of better term, in your spirit but it's not yet been fully revealed to the senses. And from what I've observed, when that happens, usually your spirit might find a very clever way to reveal it to your senses. And usually when it does that, it might use a code of communication that only you can understand. Hold on. I can give you an example. Can I give you an example? When I was... Now, let me give you a scripture. Let me just give you a scripture that will help you with my line of thought. Job 33, verse 14. I just want you to see something that happens. So I've noticed it's something that can happen. Like, And this is why sometimes you can easily miss something that's very divine. Job 33, verse 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. 
Uh-huh. So what does he do? In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds. Take your seats. Give them a hand. Now, I want you to listen to me because this is revelation. And if you had to get this part, you'll unlock a certain realm when it comes to dreams. Listen to me. I've noticed that there are times God can be trying to communicate something the whole day. And you find it's been sealed on a person. And when they're in that moment where they are just falling asleep or they are just waking up, it becomes easier to make it clear because everything else is paralyzed. That's why have you observed that it's sometimes it's very easy to hear God when you're just waking up or in that moment of deep sleep. Because everything else is switched off. Because in the hustle and bustle of the whole day, thinking about your CA, thinking about your work, thinking about your business, thinking about the love of your life and all those things, sometimes you can miss out on a very simple instruction so God can communicate it through your spirit. And then your spirit can find a clever way to say it to you. It's like a text. If you got a text message today, there's a chance you probably read it in your own voice. I don't think you read everyone's text messages in their voices. Hello. How are you? What are you doing today? The other person, hello. I, I, I don't think you necessarily do that. And then, now here's another part. You're about to, I know you're about to catch it. Another reason why the, your spirit man can communicate directly to you is because your spirit man knows everything about you. And I'll give you examples. Don't worry, I will. So now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And then look at verse 12. Oh, what are they getting it? Are you the Lord? Now, now we have received not the spirit of the world, hold on, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Next verse. These things we speak. No, give me verse 11 actually. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So what, what the Holy Spirit is to God, your spirit man is to you. The way the Holy Spirit knows God, your spirit man knows you. Okay, let me give you an example. Last year, I had a dream, and in the dream, I had made a decision. And the decision that I made was that for a certain month, I was not going to have any carbonated drinks. And at that point, I was having one every day or two, secretly, if you know. So I was not going to have any carbonated drinks. And then I was going to increase on vegetables. And then no takeaways. And if you knew me, that was not a very easy thing. Now, when that month passed, I noticed a few things. Number one, I felt stronger. I had been feeling very fatigued. 
it became a solution to my fight. I, I was feeling stronger. I was feeling healthier. It's like, it's almost as if the spirit man had searched my body and knew what I needed for me to be on the right track. So I was feeling stronger. I was feeling less fatigued. And then I had underestimated just how costly a wedding period can be because I was just about to reach. And then after that, there's no break. They don't give you a break. The moment you take those things, that's it. That's it. You're spending it. In case you think when you take, after you wait now two, three months, you're not really spending. Ha! Ah, there are no breaks. <laughs> now, the lifestyle that I had of eating out a lot was not going to match with the level of expenditures I had. So that month ended up being a training on how to save money. <laughs> Hold on. Also, it was not going to be healthy when married. If you like to do that all the time. So it ended up being a training period. Otherwise, someone would have been complaining. <laughs> now, my goodness, the manner of things would accomplish if we could grow to some of these realities God wants us to have. I can give you example after example. There was one person who kept dreaming they're carrying heavy bags. They just kept dreaming they're carrying heavy bags. What was happening? The spirit was communicating to them, you're burdened. That's what, the, that's what their spirit man was communicating to them, that they are burdened. And they were not really being open about it. So the spirit man told them, you I remember speaking to somebody and they kept having a recurring dream. They kept having a recurring dream and the dream kept on being that their teeth are just falling off. Teeth are just falling off. Teeth are just falling off. Do you know how it stopped when I gave them the interpretation? Now the same interpretation may not always apply to everything but I knew what it meant immediately. I knew what it meant. You know what it meant? In that context, what it meant is that they had not eaten enough of the basics of the word and they were trying to go after deep things. And if you study in the scriptures, <laughs> there is milk and there is strong meat. Now if you're trying to have strong meat when you've not had the milk, because milk, one of its roles is to make your bones strong. So they needed to go back to basics. The moment I gave them the interpretation of the dream, the dream stopped. Because it's something. It's like God communicated something and then they were not perceiving it. So their spirit just kept replaying it to them. I can give you another example. When I was 16 or 17, somewhere there, I don't remember, I dreamt I was back at my former school. And there is a position that I had there which I never had when I was in high school. Now, if anyone else had that dream and they were never at material boys, they wouldn't have understood what the dream was. So my spirit man had to use something that was familiar to me because I understood very strongly the system of the school. And God was communicating that the way it was for me in the school was the way it was going to be in the nation of Zambia. 
it doesn't surprise you that later on, as in pride aside, if, there's, <laughs> if you're going to count the young people God has used in this nation in the past five or ten years, I don't think you would miss out on my name. I don't think you would. And also, if you've observed, there's been a grace to pioneer. Now, why am I giving you all these examples? Imagine the things God wants to tell you. Imagine the things God wants to tell you. He said that I still have many things to tell you. Now, then there are some which are directly from God. They are directly what God wants to say. Number one, these, these dreams can reveal your destiny. Genesis 37 verse 9. Genesis 37 verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream and this time the sun the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. Next verse. So he told his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him. Jacob was a spiritual man, but he rebuked him. His father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you have, that you have dreamed? Shall your mother, he even interpreted the dream accurately, shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to you and bow down to the earth before you? Next verse. And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. His destiny was being revealed through the dream. Now, if you look at Joseph's life afterwards, the reality and the dream, there was a bit of a difference. But I can only imagine how many people here are sitting down on destiny. There are some people right now, if we are to compare you in the dream, and even myself, the level of anointing you walk in, we tremble. You're even supposed to be laying hands on us. We tremble. Some of us are experienced that casting out demons in dreams. Why do you think God would show you a dream of you healing somebody? Why do you think God would show you a dream of you raising the dead? Why do you think God would show you a dream of you preaching? Why do you think he would show you a dream of being that multi-millionaire? Why do you think he would show you a dream? I remember I was talking to, I was talking to Pastor Daniel before, before the elections and we were just discussing a few things. And he told me something that was very interesting. Because as pastors we talk, we just talk privately because we had both shared some experiences we had. And then he told me saying, you know, he had a dream in 2011 or something like that. And in the dream, um, he showed it to me. In the dream, he was being spoken to concerning uh, the incumbent. And the dream was quite interesting because he was being told in the dream that it's within, he was not given any specifics or any dates, 
but he was being told it's within his destiny to one day um, take up this position. So can you imagine how many things are within our destinies which God reveals? Like it's part of his program for you on earth. Why do you think you keep having that dream of, of course, actualizing it is another skill, but why do you think you keep having that dream of taking care of a thousand orphans? Why do you think you keep having that dream? What is God trying to say about your destiny? I believe, I strongly believe in visionary experiences. Because not so long ago, all of you were just in visions. I had an experience in the year 2016, I think. Or is it in the year, I've forgotten which year, I think it should be in 2016. Now, when I was at Onza, we used to have meetings in Siwela Hall as a WEM fellowship. So that's why I was preaching every week or the, every other week. And then I had a dream just before exam period. And in the dream, I was at Siwela Hall and I was preaching. I was afraid. I thought I had failed. I thought it meant that God was saying I was going to fail and continue as chairperson the next year. I said, God... I never understood it. And then I kept receiving prophecies. And the prophecies that I received, I remember there's one prophecy I was given. Um, one lady, she's late now, may I so rest in peace. She invited us home, cooked us a meal, and then prophesied to each of us. We said, Lord, we receive. <laughs> and I remember she told me saying, God has got something special prepared for you but he's waiting for you to finish school first. Those in the overflow, how are you doing? Come on, some excitement. Are you guys okay that side? Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. And I, I really hope you guys are following me. There are times I teach, there are times I preach, there are times I talk. But sometimes it's in the talking that you get your life lessons. Okay? So now I... I, my picture, and looking at how ministry was going, I thought that God's destiny for me was to be this serious international man of God who's just traveling week in, week out. And I wasn't planning to pastor. I knew, I, I had known from years back that it was in my prophetic destiny to pastor. But I hid it this side because the other one looked more interesting. We all wanted to be the one. I don't know if you're getting my point. Just having revival meetings everywhere and just posting testimonies every day. And then, lo and behold, just before I was done with school, I had my first international trip. So I was thinking, that's it. This is what, this is what God was saying all along. This is what he was saying. This, this is the plan. All along, this is the plan. And I started being moved in the heart. Moved. I knew there were some people I was supposed to disciple. So I decided I can go around it. So how I go around it is, I can meet a few of them every week. 
in the afternoon. Just one or two or three. Then I told them, let's say after four years. I can just meet them, after, uh, teach them. I felt like that would be my way of like going around. You know what I mean? And I would receive invitations from everywhere. And you know what's funny about the early days of ministry is that you think invitation means you're really, really doing it. The moment I was done with school, they all dried up. All of them, as in zero. When I say zero, I mean zero. No one wanted me anywhere. <laughs> Even the next time I went to South Africa, I had to invite myself and host my own meeting and pay for everything. Suddenly, they all dried up. And then one night, I was seriously, my body was seriously not feeling well. And I woke up worse. And that very day, somebody sent me a text. The moment I woke up and said, I dreamt that you died. Somebody sent me a text and said, I dreamt that you died. I could immediately tell that dream was from Satan. Straight from Satan. Who's got a ministry to kill, steal, and destroy? I don't think I even replied. As time went by, and the day went on, I kept feeling worse and worse and worse. And I remember seated in the living room, and I literally heard, I heard him. I knew it was him. I literally heard Satan say, you're not waking up tomorrow. I heard him say that, you're not waking up. Once you sleep, that's it. You're not waking up. You know what I did? I immediately went to sleep. Because, because whoever you obey, you become a slave to. And when I went to sleep, I've never had a night like that in my life. For like two hours, I kept feeling like my spirit is coming out and going back. Coming out and going back. Like almost like it's a fight. Coming out and going back. Coming out and going back. And I just kept praying in tongues under my breath because I wasn't so strong. Coming out, going back. Coming out, going back. Coming out, going back. And then boom, it just felt like there was a breakthrough. And then suddenly, I see like a picture of the Lord Jesus and then he's looking. And then a church has started, which I'm pastoring. And then he smiled. And then I could hear angels singing. I could hear them singing. I could hear them singing. I couldn't. I didn't know whether the song was a prayer. I didn't know whether the song was what. But I could hear singing. And I knew it had to do with the new Jerusalem. I, I knew that the, the ministry had to do with that. By the way, I designed that logo. The whole thing. It's because of the visions. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. And I don't know how to design logos. By the way, I don't know. But <laughs> I had somebody do it. I just told them what I was seeing. Even the church t-shirts. I made the initial design. I woke up at 3 one day, went on a computer, and I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. And it, it just kept like, it's like a picture. And that song never stopped ringing. It never stopped ringing. And because it's like Jesus was saying, finally, finally. And it's like he was exclaiming that this was something people were longing for. And it's like, finally, finally, finally. Finally, it's starting. 
And so that's why, as I started praying over this ministry, I was trying to remember the song that I thought I heard them sing. If you wanted to know, that's how I wrote, City of the Lord, established. That's how I wrote it. Because I was just trying to remember what I heard them sing. And when that happened, we began. Where did we begin? In the house. And we would sit. Um, if, I, if I remember well, I would stand like this when preaching. There would be some people this side and some people this side. And in my visions, I would see all of you. And I would preach my life out. Because for me, I was not seeing five people. I was not seeing six, six people. We were seeing sections. We were seeing overflows. <laughs> What am I trying to say? There's no way I cannot believe in visions and dreams when a lot of my destiny was revealed through visions and dreams. And then one day you just felt like visiting. One day you just saw a flyer. One day someone just invited you and you said, ah, okay, let's try it for today. One day you just walked in. I'm not sure what your first impression was, but somehow look at where you are now. What do you think has kept you in this place. You were seen in a vision first before you came here. Now, my biggest area is church because that's where my prophetic destiny is. If your prophetic destiny involves a lot of business, you think God can show your customers first. No, no, the same way God showed me in a vision and I've seen all of you. So are you telling me the customers can't come from the vision into the flesh? And you know something about when God reveals destiny, it burns. It burns, it burns, it burns, it burns, I tell you. It burns and nothing satisfies you unless you're doing it. When everything is going wrong, you want to do it. When everything is going right, you want to do it. As in, and God is in a period where he wants to reveal destiny to many of us. And destiny is diverse. It's diverse. Praise God. Is there time for one last example? God can bring direction in a dream. Matthew 1 verse 20 and verse 21. It says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. God actually spoke to Joseph about his marriage in a dream. God can give you direction about any area. Now, how it works, it's not that now you sit and force it. Lelo. Today, I will see the man the man. No. But you know what? Can I tell you something? There is no area of your life God doesn't want to have a say in if you can allow him. The trouble that many people have when it comes to this area of life, and I'll tell you, because the reason I'll tell you is I would be a hypocrite if I said God doesn't speak in those areas. <laughs> I would be a hypocrite. 
Let me give you an example. <laughs> you guys, I don't know what prayers you've been making of late. I'm telling you too many stories. I think it's the young adults. <laughs> okay, anyways, let me, give you, let me give you an example. So, There was a period when I just started growing in the faith and I had a thought. I'm like, you know what? I think maybe I shouldn't marry you. I can, so I, I, I went on my knees and I said, Lord, I'm giving you this as a sacrifice. I, I think I'd heard too many teachings on paying the price. I hadn't heard the balanced one that don't pay a price God hasn't asked you to pay. So <laughs> I'm serious. I've had some people telling me, no, for me, I don't watch this. I don't eat this. I'm not talking about things which are not inappropriate. I said, hey, praise God for the price God has asked you to pay. <laughs> so for me, that's, that, that, that's, that's what I thought. And then uh, when that happened, I received a text the next day. And somebody told me they had a dream. And in the dream, they saw me and they're like, I saw you and you were married, but her face was hidden. Said, I bind. <laughs> the next day, Somebody else had a dream. Someone had just led to Christ. And guess what? The dream was the exact same way. I said, oh God, but I'll let this be a sacrifice. <laughs> let me do Then I entered a bus one day. I sat and in like half a second, like right in front of me, I literally saw my wife, and it was on the wedding day. I literally saw her, and like I could see her age, and all those things. I could see like her age as at the wedding day. I could see all those things, like very, very clearly. And then, in half a second, I forgot the face. In half a second. And so, in my head, let me tell you what I thought. So in my head, I thought one day, I'll be walking in town. And then I'll see someone, I'm like, hi. Oh, you're the one. <laughs> That's why I said, bringing dreams into reality is another topic. So I thought of like, ah, you're the one. So, okay, so uh, it's in our prophetic destiny to marry. So maybe we can marry tomorrow. <laughs> And you know, God is such, and God can be so funny that, you know, like when I met Mwelwa and in the period where we were friends, I even told her the experience. I'm like, so, you know, one day I'm just waiting. Like, I'm pretty sure like one day I'll just be walking and I was like, that's, <laughs> and as time went by, I had forgotten about certain things, but interestingly, the exact age that I even saw his exact age was when we married. And a few, and I can tell you so many other things which God had confirmed to me through dreams. Like I said, guys, the reality is also a bit different. Kagem, Kashan Chanuko, and all those. Because they are not the ones having the dream. 
God is giving you a vision and say, accomplish if you can, if you dare. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, that's something that happened with me. Okay? Now, I would be wrong if I told you God can give direction in a dream. When we look at dream interpretation later, you'll be able to tell when it's the flesh and when it's not. It's easy. You can, it's easy. It's not difficult. Especially if you've had it about four, four times for four different people. Clearly, that's not God. He's very consistent. So, there you check yourself. God is very consistent. But I'm saying God wants to give you direction. There are some people here, your next job, you might know where to apply based on the dream. There are others who came to this church based on a dream. There are others who your next move in life, God may want to reveal it through a dream. Can I say the other ones very quickly? Okay, the next one. God can warn you through a dream. Matthew 2 verse... Matthew 2 verse 12. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they separated, they departed for their own country another way. Now this... I can explain just this one, eh? This one is where dream interpretation gets a bit tricky. Because not every scary dream is from Satan. As a matter of fact, the most scary dreams I've had have been from God. Job 7 verse 14. You scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions. You're not declaring this scripture over your life. You're not? Now, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I, I once had a dream where something had happened to... I think something had happened either to my mother or sister or both. I prayed that day. As in I woke up and I prayed. Later on I got a text that there was someone who was experiencing that situation. And it's like my dreams had somewhat invaded. And my prayers helped them. So I asked God, why did you show me and he said, I wanted you to take it seriously. There's a seriousness. <laughs> Listen, there's a seriousness I attached to it. <laughs> because that was my mother and sister. So the seriousness I attached to it was crazy. As in God terrified me into prayer. And intercession. There's a seriousness I attached to it. I once had a vision where I was... Like the ground was opening and there were people in hell. It was terrible. And then they started shouting at me. Like, you did preach to us. That's why we're here. Then I looked at another group and they're like, you did disciple us. That's why we're here. That was terrifying. That's why I don't take these things lightly. How can I take it lightly afterwards? How can I take an opportunity to preach the gospel lightly? 
Just ask those who followed me before, whether I go to a meeting and there are four people and there are 50 or there are 500, or there, as in the quality of the gospel will be very high, and that's why I believe in discipleship. You should have seen the looks on their faces. They were angry at me. I owe them this message. Hey, I, no, like seriously, I owe it to them. I can't, you can't, you can't make me stop. I owe it to them. Even like the people who came to the front, they're not doing me a favor. I owe it to them. Paul said, what is me if I don't preach the gospel? So sometimes God can terrify you with dreams. He can show you what will happen if you don't pray. He can show you what will happen if you don't deal with the situation. You can find maybe half of you dreamt that there was chaos in the nation, crazy chaos after the election period. What if per adventure that chaos was going to take place if you didn't pray? So it's not that the dream was wrong, but it's that God wanted to raise intercessors. So he says, okay, you know what? I need to raise people to stand in the gap. So half of you receive the same scary dream. That's, and, and you know, God is very interested in the way he does things. Like one of you. Let's say we are having Dominion Conference. <laughs> You can find, now, demonic ones aside, we can tell when it's demonic. You can find from God, one of you knows. Or one of you sees what heaven is planning. So you just seen the glory of the meeting. The, the miracles, the healings, the numbers, and all those things. Then another one, God can show you what the enemy is planning. So you find for you, you've dreamt there are four people. You've dreamed no one has gotten healed. You've dreamed this, 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 this. What is God trying to do? He's in an army. People will have different, different roles to play. So you find on one hand, the watchmen are dealing with the enemy. On the other hand, the seers are bringing down the glory of God. That's how he works. The trouble comes in when the watchman's doctrine is wrong. The office of a watchman, you must be very careful with it. Let me give you one easy example. Let's say you've dreamt someone is in a car accident. You don't text them and say, I've dreamt you in a car accident. You just spread fear and make them stop driving. Can I give you a better way you can do it? Let's say you've dreamt someone has been in a car accident. First, take, take time to pray for them. Afterwards, what if, this is just an example, what if you sent a text? And said, hi, for the next one week, I would like to be your prayer partner. And I will prepare the prayer points. You flood it with preservation, 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 preservation. You flood it with, you are preserved on the road. You are preserved in the air. You are preserved as you walk. You are preserved, you are preserved. You flood it with preservation. What do you think you are doing? Firstly, you are dealing with the situation. Secondly, you are spreading faith, not fear. Am I saying God can't divinely warn? He can. But how you communicate the message is also very important. Especially that in the New Testament, the prophetic, the end result must always be that someone is encouraged, they're exhorted, or they are comforted. Someone shouldn't feel low after hearing from you. No, someone shouldn't be discouraged. Someone shouldn't think, so God, Nishi, me what? I've heard it before. I'm telling you, I've heard it before where you're genuinely trying to do something, and 15 people text you that it will go wrong. I'm like, God, what do I need to do? 
don't don't discourage people with this and another thing i'll tell you concerning a warning sometimes god can show you what the enemy is planning because he knows he has enough authority to deal with it if i have a dream of something bad happening to someone i feel so good you know why I feel good. I know it won't happen. So I'm like, God, you love them so much that you showed me and you raised me and you gave me this authority to take charge of the situation. I don't know if you're getting my point. Hey. I said hey one more time. There's going to be a lot of visionary and dream experiences, so it's better I explain these things. Praise God. So there can be warnings in dreams. There can be wisdom through a dream. You can have an intelligent conversation with God. First Kings 3, 5. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, what can I give you? God and Solomon had a very intelligent conversation in a dream. Solomon woke up wise. And God can also show you what is to come. Genesis 15 verse 12, NLT. As the sun was going down, Abram fell into deep sleep and terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I'll punish the nation that enslaves them and in the end they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. Genesis 41 verse 1, you see the story of Joseph where Pharaoh dreamt and needed someone to interpret. And Joseph had a dream. Uh, sorry, Joseph had the interpretation of the dream. You've seen it in Genesis 41, right? Remember the cows, the, the cows, and the cows which were fat and then the cows which were impoverished. And then Joseph interpreted the dream that there'll be seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. And then afterwards, Joseph was even given a governmental position. He became second to Pharaoh. And in that case, the dream wasn't changed, but the impact that it would have had was managed. And Joseph, at that point, switched from dreaming every day. He actually woke up and became the project manager of the situation. And he managed the project well. I don't know, with Joseph, don't you see project management? And that's why you know what God is doing now. God is not just raising apostles and prophets in ministry. He's raising them in all fields. Joseph was a prophet raised in government. Specialized in project management and stuff. Daniel was a prophet raised in governance. As a special advisor to the president. Abraham was a prophet but was a serious businessman. Isaac was a farmer. He sold in a farmer and then ripped a hundredfold. God is spreading himself across all the mountains of influence. My point is God wants to do a lot of interaction with you. Okay? Now, my final bit of counsel for today, when it comes to interpretation, that's a story for another day, maybe in another series, because next week I have to move on. Or maybe I should write something down, right? Okay, I'll write something down for interpretation. But one of the things I'll tell you is, where you're not sure, get counsel. Because the biggest trouble with dreams is that they can be so accurate that you can stop praying and Satan can take advantage of that. The very next one may be from him.
because he knows that this one, this one believes their dreams more than their pastor. This one believes their dreams more than the counsel of God. This one believes their dreams more than the scriptures. So all I need to do is just add like a spice and like a flavor and that's it. But that shouldn't scare us from this ministry. Have you been blessed? Have you learned something you didn't know? I have to close the service now. Wednesday we are praying. Okay? And then Sunday we'll continue with what God is trying to do in this period where he's making us aware of things. Okay. I'll make a simple prayer. You know the prayer I'm going to pray for you? The prayer that Elisha prayed over his servant. Elisha prayed saying, God, open his eyes. And the man was able to see what Elisha was seeing. Remember, Elisha was like, those who are for us are more than those who are against us. Meaning, sometimes the difference between winning and losing in life can be your sight. Because interestingly, until Elisha interacted with those in the invisible realm, they didn't start winning. So now, if you can't see what God wants you to see, you might have challenges. Okay. Lift your hands. Father, this is my prayer over them. You asked me to teach on dreams and visions and visionary experiences. You didn't ask me to teach it for nothing. It's because you've got a lot planned for them in this area. Therefore, I ask, open their eyes. Let them see. In Jesus' name. Or have testimonies which as a result of visions, of dreams, of visionary experiences. Open their eyes and let them see. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.